We thank God for him. Amen. So tonight we're just going to be continuing our financial series. How many of you have been enjoying the series so far? I know I have. Amen. It's definitely opening my eyes to a few things. And Bishop was talking to me last oh, on Sunday, and I was just like, sir, I didn't do anything to you. Amen. But tonight we're going to be dealing with this topic of stewardship. Amen. And yes, we're going to be dealing with the topic of stewardship. God wants us to be good stewards of what he has placed in our hands. Amen. If you want more, God is going to test you with stewardship. Amen. So as I stand before, let me just pray real quick. Father, we just come before you now. We just thank you that your presence is already here, Lord God. Your word says wherever two or three are gathered, that you are in the midst, Lord God. So, Father, as I stand here, it is not me that stands, oh God, but it is you, Lord God. You, Lord God, release your word, Lord God. You know every need, oh God, every desire, oh God. So we thank you that tonight you will speak, oh God. You get the glory. You get the glory. You get the glory. You get the glory, oh God. So we thank you, oh God. We give you honor. We give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Yes, speak to us, God. And uh, we're going to be going to Genesis 22, 1 and 2. Glory, God. And if you need a Bible, just raise your hands and our ushers will bring one to you. That is Genesis. Oh, sorry. Our greet. Squad will bring one to you. Amen. <laughs> so that is Genesis 22, 1 through 2. Amen. And I'm just going to read. If you're there, say amen. 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 And, the, and I'm reading from the ESV version. And the word says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Whom you love and go to the land of Morah and offer him there as a burnt offering and one on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. Amen. And I'm sure Abraham was looking at God. And when he heard that, it was just like, what in the world are you talking about, God? <laughs> OK, come on. If we be real right now, we're like, OK, God, what's going on? Amen. And. This was God, Abraham's blessing, amen? And this is a season where God is opening doors for us. God is causing blessings to come our way. And these are some things that we are even bringing before God because we desire for him to bless us, amen? But how many of us know that the area that God is going to bless us is that same area that he chooses to test us in? <laughs> come on, I don't have a church that's being tested in this season, <laughs> Every time that God desires to bless us, it seems that right before that, a test comes. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and said, a test. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And the thing is, God sets us up so he has a few ways that he wants to bless us. Amen. But he also has a few ways that he can test us. He doesn't always come the same time. For every person, there is a different testing. Amen. Everybody has something in the area that they can be tested in. Amen. So, <laughs> correct. <laughs> so when God tested, when God was testing him, first he tested him in his little. And some of us... <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to a couple of people tonight. God will test us in our little. Amen. It's those little things because if we look at Abraham, he only had one child. Amen. He didn't have a bunch. He didn't have the nation yet. Say yet. He didn't have the nation yet. God blessed and God wanted to test him in his one child. Amen. And it seems like for us somehow, someway, God sees us with our little and he says, you know what? I want to test you in that area because I want to see what you're going to do with that area. See the seed that you have and the business idea that you have, the thing that God has given you, it seems small right now. It seems like it has no value right now it seems that it's not making movement right now it seems that it can't cover what you need right now but God is saying that is all I need to cause a blessing to overtake your life God only needs that little seed he says if you come to me with the faith the size of a mustard seed just that small faith I am able to turn it around 
God and cause it to move mountains. What you are sitting on is not something small. What you are sitting on is going to cause God to open doors for you, make ways for you. But he's trying to test you with the little that you have. He's trying to test you to see if you see the value in it. Because a lot of us, we devalue the little that we do have. We look at it and compare it to what people have. We compare it to the last blessing. We compare it to what people are saying. And what we don't understand that we are sitting on gold. It's that little season. The Bible says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise the days with just an idea. Don't despise the days where I'm just living here right now. But I know that God is going to turn it around for me. See, it's in the small that God sees what you do with the small. How creative do you get, are you with the small? Can you use what I have you and be content with the small can you still praise me and worship me with the small can you still trust me to be a way maker with the small that you have with the small that you have do you still think that i can make a way and that's how he tests you because i might not have everything that i need See, I don't need the full business plan. I don't need every supply. I don't need everybody on my camp. I just need one, the great I am. And once I got him, I got everything that I need. The business plan might not be full right now, but if I trust him with the small, to step out on faith, to do what he told me to do, I believe that he will make a way. Say, God bless my little. Say, God bless my little. So be humble in the little seasons. When he give you the small things, begin to pray over it. Ask God what I should do because I want this to manifest. I need to see fruit from this. Amen. How many of us want to see fruit from our little? See, another thing that he tests us with is our last. Okay, <laughs> last, last. And I was just like, God, yeah, you have tested me in some season with my last. And, you know, for me, sad to say when I was thinking about this, and I was like, God, yeah, you have. And he, but some, the last doesn't always come for everybody and in every area. All right. And I was just like, well, God, you know, I've, I've given up some last before. And you ever know when you're eating? <laughs> And you're like setting it to the side. I don't know, but I don't know how you eat, but I eat. If I have a nice piece of like steak or something like that, I eat it down to the last piece where I know all the juices are, where I could be like, mmm, this is good, right? And then somehow, when I'm down to my last, Daquan or Connor comes and asks for my last. And I'm looking at you like, see, money I will give you. I will give you money. You need to, that's fine. I got you. Here you go. Food? Don't ask me for my last. Don't do it because deliverance. <laughs> but we know what that feeling is like to know that this was my last. I saved it. I labored over this, amen. I put in hours for this, amen. I put in time for this, amen. I can't just give you my last, God. I need this last. This is something that I'll fall back if you don't make the way. This is my plan B, God. This is my last resort. When God is always, should be the first and last. But, Lord, if you don't make the way, if you don't come through, I still have this. But God sees everything. And he knows everything. And you might feel like you don't have a last, but he'll send the right test, the right situation, the right circumstances to let you know, oh, you do have a last, all right. And I'm trying to take that from you because I want to be that. 
I want to be the only way. I am the way. Amen. I am the way maker. I'm the provider. If you have someone else that's providing for you, then you don't truly trust me. So he touches your last. He eats that last bite. But I'm getting better now. By faith. I'm getting better. He also tests you in your emotions, in your love, to the things that he blesses you with. He's trying to see how connected are you to it? How attached to the person, to the blessing, to the thing, that if I ask you to give it up, what are you going to do? See, a lot of us respond in different ways. We don't always respond with the same emotion. We can respond in anger, stressed, stressed, fear. Because if I tell you to give it up now, and if I tell you, you know, I need you to sow the seed. Well, let me tell you something. Look, I got things to do, and da 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 da. And you start, okay. Well, I gotta, I gotta pay this, and I gotta do this. All right, we gotta do this over here. I gotta put this over here. I don't know how I'm gonna do this right here. Da 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 da. And you start putting down on paper instead of looking up. You're looking down, and you're writing and writing, 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 writing. And what is that doing for you? How is that helping you? See, then you get in anger now. And then anger starts coming out in a different way. It starts coming out in fear, frustration, going to other means, smoking, to just compensate for that feeling that you have. Why? Because he's trying to touch something inside of you. See, when God presses you and emotions start coming up, you got to ask yourself, how attached to this person am I? That if God tells me to give it up, How attached to this job am I? That if I got to give up my Sundays to be in my place. How attached to this finances am I? That if it's told to me to sow above my tithe and offering, that I start feeling away. How attached am I? That I can't release this thing and trust God to make a way. Am I going to be so attached to the blessing that I'm not attached to the blessor? That That I forget. Amnesia now come. And I forget who made the way, who provided. Amaya is so attached to the house that I'm going to sit here, forsake the house of God, miss, what I miss, miss me being in my place because I'm attached to something else. See, Abraham, when you have a child or anything that you're attached to, there's that love that's there. There's that connection that's there. And now imagine God coming to tell you that you have to give up your child. Some of us may not have kids, but you might have a pet. You have something in this season right now because this word is not coming down your road for no reason. You're attached to something in this season that God is telling you that you got to let go of. And you're saying, God, I can't let it go because it defines me. I can't let this job go because why? It pays my bill. Sweetie, I'm not telling you to walk away right now, but what I'm telling you is your priorities are all out of whack. You're putting the job before me. You're putting the boot before me. You're putting the house before me. I need to take number one. So you have to evaluate your life right now and say, God, what am I putting above you? That for you to sit in the service and say that I'm trying to take something that's taking my place. I'm trying to take something that is stealing my glory. I'm trying to take something that is distracting you from getting in my presence, from trusting me. Those crutches that we have in our lives, that we don't see our crutches. We just see is that, you know what, they're, they're right there. I'm going to need them. God is trying to say, I'm trying to move that out the way. Because they can't give me glory. If they bless you, you're going to give them the glory that is doing me. So God is trying to take those things out. So he says, you know what, if you want to be a good steward... Those are the things that I'm going to test you with. So he's going to test you with a little. He's going to test you with your last. He's going to test you in your emotions. Amen. So Abraham was was able to show God that he was a good steward because God knows all the details. He knows everything that you're about to do, the decisions that you're about to make and not make and should make. 
And he tests you to prove you and to verify you for the blessings that he's about to overtake you with. See, when you are a steward, you are, it's something that you are given that you have to manage. Amen? And a lot of us right here, we have multiple business owners in this place. Amen? We have people with callings on our lives. Amen? We have business with ideas, creativity. And those are things that God gave you. Meaning that if he gave it to you, he's the one that owned it in the first place. So if he's giving you something, he's trying to cause you to multiply it. He's not just giving it to you because he likes you. He's giving it to you because he's causing you to be a steward over it. Because there is something that is attached to that idea. There is something that is attached to that assignment. There is something that is attached to your life that God needs to get the glory from you. Amen. So he gives it to you so you can be a steward over it and manifest it in this earth. So what makes Abraham a steward? And we're just going to go through a couple of things right now of what qualifies Abraham as a steward. So the first thing that happened with Abraham is he was able to hear from God. And not only, amen, (laughs) and not only was he able to hear from God, he was able to hear his instructions and follow his instructions. Amen. And a lot of us right now, we have been given instructions. Amen. Every season of your life, God is always telling you to do something. God is always ordering your step to do something. Just because you're wrestling with it doesn't mean that he didn't say it and he doesn't want you to do it. Your wrestling does not stop him. And your wrestling does not say, okay, we're going to hold off because they're wrestling. No, he still wants it to be done. Amen. But you have to stay in a place where you can hear from God. And if you're saying to yourself, well, you know what? I can't hear. Well, baby, you need to get in that word. You need to turn over that plate. You need to be in your place. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When the devil's trying to stop you from coming in here, hearing the word, guess what? He's trying to stop your faith. There's a set of instruction that God is going to give you. Because if you can't hear it for yourself... It's going to come over the pulpit. And if you do hear it, guess what? He's going to send confirmation. Because there's no way God is going to push you into something blindly. There's no way he's going to push you into something without giving you instructions, without ordering your steps. Every time you come here, a piece of the puzzle has been given to you. Every time you get in his presence, a piece of the puzzle is given to you. But the enemy is going to fight you just so you can't hear. He's going to fight you in your prayer closet. Send distractions your way just so you can't get in your face and get in your presence. And you're wondering why you're stuck. You're stuck because you're not getting in his face. You're stuck because you're not seeking him. You're stuck because you're not open to hear from him. He's trying to give you instructions. Abraham positioned himself so he can hear from God. He positioned himself so God can minister to him. You have to position yourself. Don't let distraction pull you from hearing the voice of God. What you need to hear is the thing that's going to cause you to be blessed. The thing that's going to cause you to have overflow. The thing that's going to cause generational curses to be broken off your life. God is positioning you to be the Abraham in your time but you have to be able to hear from him there's so many distractions in this season so many things and the crazy thing is so many things are happening things at the job things in our home Things in our finances, things in our relationships, in our bodies. So many things are trying to get our attention off God. And God is saying these tests are here because it's trying to distract you from the one who can change everything. But the pressure that I sent in your life is so you can bow down, get in my face, hear from me. Don't think it wrong if God sends these trials. He knows that you can handle it. He knows that he can handle it. But he's trying to produce such an anointing in you. Such an anointing. Hey, God. He's trying to produce such an anointing in you. Now, when things come your way, it does not affect you. It does not distract you. It does not pull you away from him. 
So the first thing that Abraham was able to do, he was able to hear from God. The second thing is he doesn't become emotional about the sacrifice. He didn't break down when God told him to sacrifice his son. He didn't go to God and say, God, this is my only, this is my last. What you talking about? Like this took years and years and years and years. My wife even messed up and I messed up. And God, this took years. He did not break down. He didn't show God the anger. He didn't say, you know what, forget all of this. I ain't listening to you deuces. I'm out. But he responded in the proper way. He was obedient. Just because, let me tell you something, you may not be cussing God out, but because you delayed, that's a response. He tells you to do something, all right, God, I got you. Yeah, all right. You might not say that, but you're delayed. You may not say that, but your procrastination did. All right, God, I got you, I got you. How you respond, tell God everything if you're ready. Because if you can waver at this and you know I'm trying to set you up, then you may not be fully ready yet because this is just a little that I'm testing you with. Imagine if I give you bigger. What you going to do now? How much are you going to delay? How much are you going to turn your back against me? So he, see, true what? He blessed you with a little and he's testing you in your emotions. Okay, he wants to uproot that. There's bigger things that God has for us. Bigger things that are awaiting us. But we have to show him with the little that we do have that we're not going to shut down. This is not going to pull me out of your house. This is not going to get me out of character. And it gets you out of character. Then that's the real character that you really need to work on. The third thing that Abraham showed his stewardship is he doesn't try to convince people who don't understand what's going on. Because the key thing that you have to pay attention to, he told his servants to wait here. I will be back. I will be back. And a lot of times we want to convince everybody and their mother that God is about to do something, that God is about to bless me. There are times when it is right. You do proclaim what God is about to do. But there are times when you got to know how to keep your mouth shut. Not everybody needs to know what you are doing because they can't handle it. Amen. They can't handle what God is about to do in your life. Amen. So you got to learn how to, you got to be able to discern what it is I could tell you because I could be building up your faith right here or the enemy can send you in my life to try to tear down mine. You're worried because think about this. God gave Abraham an illogical instruction to kill his child. If I was to tell you right now that God told me to kill Connor, exactly. <laughs> exactly. If God, if I told you, hey, I'm being tested. Connor, come on. I got the knife for you. Lay down. Y'all will be in here calling Bishop, casting out devils out of me, demons and everything out of me right now. Because it's illogical. And granted, that might be very dramatic, and thank God you won't do that, right? But he's telling you, start that business. No, God, I've never been a business owner. I don't even know where to start. He's telling you, give that seed. Whoa, um, do you see my bills? Okay, LaShanta, you see my bills, right? He's giving you an illogical instruction. Hey, cut back. Stop putting all these overtimes. Be in my house. Illogical instructions. Because if I go to somebody in my work right now, they're offering me overtime, but I got to be in my place. What? Illogical instructions. 
And if you take that to the wrong people, they're going to talk you out of a blessing. If you take that to the wrong ear, they're going to talk you out out of a miracle. If you take it to the wrong ear, they're going to take you out of blessings, not just that they're set up for you, but for your generations to come. It's so simple, and the devil is so subtle that he will send the right people at the right time to minister the wrong things in your ears. And when you listen to them and that seed gets planted in your ears, you're saying, God, why isn't it manifested? Because you lean to their word and not mine. What did I tell you to do? What did I instruct you to do? Because if the servants came with them, he would have tried to stop what Abraham was trying to do. Because they do not understand. They cannot understand with carnal mind, spiritual things. Your carnal friends can't understand spiritual things. So don't be mad at them. When the enemy started, and Bishop said it so wonderfully last time. He said, this is a season of cutback. There are people in your lives that are disappearing. There are things in your life that are disappearing. And it's not because God wants you to be alone and you just need to be alone. And no. What I have for you, they can contaminate it. What I have for you, they can mess it up. What I have for you, they're not ready for it yet. They don't fully understand it yet. So you got to tell them, park it right here, but I'll be back. But listen to what Abraham said. I'm coming back with what I left with. Understand this. He even prophesied to himself that we will be back. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm about to give God right now, I'm not going to come back being empty-handed. What you have got, what God is asking you to give up, he's saying if you leave, hallelujah, and if you trust me, you will not return empty-handed. That's not my character. I am a good father, and I'm not going to set you up to be without, but I'm going to set you up to be exalted. I'm going to set you up to have more I'm not going to leave you without and that's the God that you serve so you got to tell people not right now it's the season for no and it's okay and the thing is you got to be delivered from people You got to be delivered from people trying to show people what you can do because really that's just pride. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due season he will exalt you. God is trying to exalt you but you trying to exalt yourself in front of people prematurely. So if he's telling you to pull away maybe he's trying to work on that pride. Because if you get exalted, you'll forget him. Because we did it before. And God is like, I can't have that with where I'm taking you. I need that out the way. So if he's telling you to separate from people, it's all right. They're going to come back. They're going to see you. And if they don't, they weren't meant to be there. It's okay. Let them go. Deuces. So the cutback will happen. The next thing that he does is he speaks faith. Now, every time I see read the story, I always think of Connor. I'm like, what would Connor say to me if I was to do that? And his son says, where's the sacrifice? Like, I can see Connor saying, Ma, where's the food? Where's the Pop-Tart? What's going on? Where's the sacrifice? I see the rope. I see the fire. But I don't see no sacrifice. And the thing is, our kids are really smart. They are really smart. Where's the sacrifice? And he says, rest assured, God will provide his own sacrifice. And I'm here to tell you, just because you don't see it, that doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you don't see it, that doesn't mean the way has not been provided. God is just trying to move some scales off your eyes right now. But baby, the way is already there. What you have asked for, what God said, and what he said that he was going to do, the way is already provided. You just have to trust him. Amen. See, there's some things that have been trying to get your attention. And God is saying, I'm moving those things out of the way. Because what I have for you, it's already there. You just have to step into it. 
So it's in the season where we say, God, remove the scale from my eyes. Let me see your plans. Let me see your way. Let me see what you're trying to do in the season because I can't see it yet. It's just like a baby. We don't see it. In the first few weeks, you don't see you don't see anything. You might feel maybe just a little bit of something. But you don't fully see it. But that doesn't mean that the blessing isn't there. God is trying to mature it. God is trying to bring it into fruition. So don't curse the situation just because you don't see it. Begin to speak faith over that bad boy. Begin to water that seed with faith. Amen. Begin to use your word of God and begin to speak those things and bring it into existence. So just because you see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. The next thing he's going to do is he doesn't go about what he sees. And he doesn't go back on God just because he didn't come through. Because right now he had little Connor on the altar. <laughs> and he had a knife in his hand. And I, to tell you the honest truth, I don't even know where his mind was. Hands in the air. Child right there. The thing that you labored for, waited for, been praying for that you now have to let go. Everybody has that one thing. If you can think about it, and God told you to give it up, and you're about to give it literally, you had $1,000 in your hands right now, maybe about 10000 And you're like, everybody had to give it to LaShanta. <laughs> okay. I know the bills that I have, okay? You got to give that up. Your hands be shaking. Do you really need this? <laughs> Lord, are you, did you really say that? And you begin to question him now. But the thing is, he didn't stagger. There was no, he was like, all right, God. If that's what you said, I'll do it. If that's what you want, I got you. I'm sure there was tears in his eyes. Woo! But he had to push past that. I'm sure there was fear fighting him. But he had to push past that. There's some things right now where God is saying, I'm trying to get you to push past those things. Those things held your generational curses in your life. They held your mothers and your fathers from moving forward because they couldn't push past that. They couldn't push past their emotions. They couldn't push past their face. They couldn't push past their ideas. They couldn't push past those things. And God is saying, but I have entrusted you to do it. You have enough inside of you, enough power and anointing to push past those chains that's been holding you back, holding your family back, holding your finances back. God is saying you have the power to just push past it. And as soon as he was about to go down, without knowing, see, that's the thing with us. We want to know. Lord, okay? We want to know everything. Lord, Lord, what you about to do? Slowly going down. You ain't even, it. Lord, what are you about to do? I'm dropping it. What's after this? One and a half. One and a quarter. That's us. And we, we tr Lord, we trust you. But when it's 11, 59, 59, 59. Okay. Lord, our prayers get bold then. Our worship get bolder when 11, 59, 59 comes. And we're like, okay, now I don't worship. I don't sow the seed on it. I've been in church faithfully every Sunday, God, and Tuesday. I was the first one there. What's going on? Because it's 1159, 59, and I don't see nothing yet. And it's in that moment where God comes through. But he has to see what you're going to do if you're going to compromise. 
and go on that plan B that you've been storing for the entire time. He wants to see you bring it out so he can show you, you ain't really trust me. But we need to have that faith as Abraham did and that stewardship of Abraham. That, Lord, if you give it to me, the Lord give it and the Lord take it. But I, under, I know that I'm not going to be without. Your word says that no good thing will you withhold from me. So I will not be without. So what happens when he passes the test? God speaks again. And he says, hold up. Exactly. See, the word to Abraham was, now I know. Now I know. And when I heard that, I was just like, yo, for real? God, now you know. Now you know. But I'm, I'm happy that now you know. That I trust you. All right? Which means that God has been watching the entire time to see what you were going to do. He set this up just to see what you were going to compromise or if you were going to push through. He says, now I know that you will not withhold because of your lack. Now I know that you will not withhold because of your needs. Now, now I know that you will not know not, that you will not withhold because of your lack of understanding, because you don't fully see it yet, because you don't see the way making, because you don't see the blessings yet, because you don't see the turning around yet. Now I know that I can trust you. See, God is trying to bring a now I know season in your life. He's trying to know some things about you. But even more, he's trying to show you some things about you. See, God is trying to say that if I give you and if you give me this little, do you trust me to provide you with more? Say, God says, now I know that you will not withhold anything from me. And what happens is. God sees that you are willing to give up what he gave you and put your fear to the side and put on a real fear and reverence him. He's trying to get that reverence out of you and for you to put away that fear, that fear of not having, the fear of being without, and understand that I fear of God that can make all things manifest. I fear of God that can make any way possible. See, he does this because he doesn't want you to hold back from him. Are you going to stop because of what you're seeing? Are you going to stop because of what you don't have? But are you going to trust me? Are you going to trust that I have everything that you need in my hand? See, there's a picture, and it always circles around the Internet, where God has a teddy bear behind his back. And he says, if you can just trust me, he has the little teddy bear, the perp baby, or little Connor has the little teddy bear. And they're saying, well, God, I need this. God, this, this is mine. I worked hard for it. You know, you put in a lot of overtime for it. I put time into this relationship. I'm not just going to walk away right now. I put time into this job. I'm not about to walk away right now, God. He's saying, let it go. I got better for you. Let it go. I got more for you. Do you trust me? Let it go. What are you holding on to? Because my thing is, this ain't even a word, but I'm like, what are you holding on to where God is saying letting it go today? What are some things that's taking his glory and his space in your heart? What are some things that's distracting you from getting into him? That he's saying, let it go. Now, when you're in stewardship, once God knows that there's no limit, he's able to bless you. So God says, by myself, I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offsprings as the stars of the heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And when I saw that, I was just like, thank you, Jesus. 
And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. See, what God is instructing you to do in this season is not just for you. What God is telling you to do in this season is not just for you to just have a little blessing. But God is trying to set you up in this season. He is trying to set you up and your offspring, your generations to come. See, if I had a church who knows that, that me obeying God today me obeying God in my assignment, it is not just for me, but he's trying to break something that has been in my bloodline. He's trying to break something that has been stifling poverty and causing it to attack my life, my finances. He's trying to pull me out so I can see something new, but I can't see it if I don't trust him. I can't see it if I don't show and show him that I could be a good steward over what he has placed in my hands. God, I want this generational curses to be broken I want to move forward in you so I'm asking you to break these things allow me to go into the promise I need you God to show me these things and that's what God is trying to do he said in his word that I will cause your generations that means that what you are facing right now somebody in your bloodline did not pass it Somebody in your bloodline wavered. Somebody in your bloodline compromised. Someone in your bloodline turned their back. And God says, I will not let off this promise off your bloodline until it comes to pass. So if they did not want it, I'm now selecting you. So if you're up and you're standing here today, God has qualified you for a blessing. But he's trying to see if you're going to turn your back. He's trying to see if you're going to waver because there's a blessing that has been commanded on your blood. Bloodline. People was on their knees praying for this blessing to come to pass. But when they got a little bit of pressure, when the hammer came down, they said, no, God, I can't do it. They heard from God. They went to the altar. But they said, no. God is looking for a yes in this generation. He is looking for those people who are saying, God, I trust you. Because if you provided the sacrifice, if you provided the way, God, I know that you're not going to leave me without. How much do you know your good father? That if he's providing this test now, I'm going to have to pass this. Because this is not just for me. See, when I gave my life to God, I understood that this was not for me. When I started learning about generational curses, when I started learning about these things and I had to look at my son, I said, I got to do right for him. And not just for him, but for generations to come. If you don't want it for yourself, do it for your bloodline. If you don't want it for yourself, do it for the generations to come. Because this thing has to end. I'm not living from check to check. That's not what God has called me to do. He has called me to be one that expands. He did not call me to maintain what he has placed in my hand, but he called me to expand it. And when I began to think about that, see, I could be a steward and maintain what you give me. I could cut here. I could cut there. But baby, I want to see enlargement. I want my territory to be enlarged. I want what you put in my hand to multiply. I want what you give me not to just bless me, but I want to be a blessing. Amen. So I'm not just going to be a steward and just see what you give me and just do the bare minimum. I'm not going to operate in fear because I'm scared of what's going to happen and what I don't understand. But I understand that I serve a good, good God. I understand that I serve a powerful God. I understand that I serve a right making God. That he placed this in my hand and he desires to see glory. I'm gonna have to come through because I'm gonna need to give him the glory. So, for my bloodline, I am willing to put the fear to the side. For my bloodline, I will be, obe be obedient. Because it could be the rebellion that has been trying to staffle it, bringing witchcraft in your bloodline, trying to staffle the finances that has been met for you and have been set up for you. See, so, you no, know, it has to end today. 
I'm not going to do this just for me. But I'm going to do this. So not only but that myself can have it, but for future generations. So when their enemies come at them, they will remember. Because we can call out the blessings of Abraham. And what they're going to say is, I'm going to call out the blessings of my grandmother. I'm going to call out the blessings of my grandfather. Because I know one of the reasons why I stayed here and I'm standing here today is because of the blessings of my grandmother. I watched her. And she sacrificed time. She sacrificed things to get on her knees three times a day. She called out every name of her grandchildren. And I'm telling you right now, we are all in church serving God. And if there's one that is wayward, there's people who are still praying for him. What God is telling you, you might say, man, I don't feel like going today. I don't feel like praying today, God. I'm going to roll over, God. I'm tired, God. But God is saying, sweetie, you're not watering the seed that I'm giving you. I'm not telling you to pray because it's the right thing to do. There are things after you. The devil don't play fair. And I'm telling you to pray because I'm trying to set you up for something. I'm telling you to pray because there's something that's coming that's going to be released in your bloodline that you don't see yet. See, there was things that were released to me and my grandmother did not know that it was going to come to me. And the reason why it did not overtake me because she was obedient to the instructions that she get, he gave her. He said, I need you on your knees and I need you in my face. I need you in this word when he's telling you to do these things. Don't allow distraction and laziness to pull you from it because you're saving your bloodline from being devoured by the enemy. You're tiredness when you're sleeping. That's the warfare that the enemy can use and release generational demons and timeline demons to overtack your generations. And that's why it's so important. This poverty has to be broken. It has to be broken off your timeline because God is setting us up for something bigger. There are blessings in heaven ready to be showered down upon us. He says that our barns, barns, it is not just for one person. It is not just for the elite. It is not just for the 3%. It is not just for those people. Our barns, our barns, our barns will be filled with plenty. But it starts with obedience. It starts with what God placed in your hands. Are you going to delay at it? Are you going to stagger at it? Are you going to go wild? Saying, God, if this is what you told me, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what way is going to, how you're going to do it. But if you said it, you're going to provide the sacrifice. And I will not be without I'll tell you this, when I started my daycare, I started it with $4. I didn't have no money. I had some money. I had very little bit of money. And I started with $4. And I went to the what, Dave's store, Dave Thrift store, and I bought a little bucket of toys. And the rest of the finances that I had, I went to Office Max, and I made flyers. I had little. And I said, God, because I prayed. And I was a little staggerish. Because I was like, you told me to start a daycare. I'm like, no, I don't want to. I'm a nanny. <laughs> Illogical, right? I'm like, I'm a nanny. I am not a daycare owner. It's two different things. Amen. Different amount of children. Different amount of stress and patience. But he told me to start it. And I went, did the flyers. Then I got an instruction. Obviously, it told me, go door to door, knock on the doors, put up the flyers. I was like, listen here. First of all, I'm in a country that I, I'm in an area that I don't know. This is when I first came to Virginia. You telling me to go door to door? I'm not trying to have somebody pull me in their house, lock me in their basement, tell me to put, it puts the lotion on its skin. I'm not trying to have... <laughs> I'm not trying to have that. 
I'll be like, no, sir, please. I'm just trying to start a business. I was just like, I don't know anyone around here. I was just like, yeah, nah. She told me that the first week, right? I ain't do it. But she came back. Hey, you went and put out those flyers? I was like, oh, dang. I went and put it out. And the first person I saw, she was closing her daycare and gave me everything that was in there for free. Never asked me for a penny. And not only was she closing her daycare, but her sister had a daycare. And not only did I get stuff, but I got clients. All because I followed his instruction. I was obedient. And my thing is, what has God told you to start today? What has God told you to do? It may not be a business, but it may be a prayer. He may tell you, I need you to fast. You may say, God, is just a regular fast, but you don't know what that fast is going to open. You don't know what is going to break in your line. He may say give, but you don't know what that seed is going to do. And it might be small. It might not be a lot. It may not be the thousand, but guess what? It is something. The thing that he's trying to get out of you more than the thing that you're holding on to is your obedience. Because if you can obey him in the small things, God can trust you to be ruler over much. Stand to your feet. I want to just pray real quick with us. And as we lift up our hands, we're going to say, God, if there's anything that I'm holding back from you, if there's anything that is causing me to stagger, if there's anything that I'm putting before you, God, Father, show it to me. And Lord God, I lay it at the altar. Today, that is my sacrifice. That is the sacrifice that you provide for me today, God. So Father, we come before you now, Lord God. We thank you for the word today, Lord God. Father God, everything that has been causing us to be distracted, oh God, from hearing your word, oh God, moving forward in you, oh God. Father, we lay it at your feet right now in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Father God, every bit of rebellion, oh God, every bit of disobedience, oh God. Father, we lay it at the altar, oh God, because we know that you're setting us up, oh God, for something great, oh God, something that our eyes have not seen and our ears have not heard, oh God. We thank you that right now oh god every demonic hold oh god every demonic spirit of mammon oh god father god it is broken today in the name of jesus christ oh god so we thank you oh father come on give him a worship